Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, no one is having these conversations, lust, lies, and murder that I'm bringing to you on this channel. And today, I bring you the story of Nicole Brown Simpson. Nicole Brown Simpson met OJ in June of 1977 when she was 18 years old. OJ at the time was still married to his wife, who was pregnant with their oldest daughter. When Nicole was 19 years old, she moved in with O.J. Simpson. By 1985, O.J. and his wife had divorced and Nicole and O.J. had gotten married. 1989 is the first time we hear about a domestic violence incident that took place with O.J. and Nicole. In 1992, OJ and Nicole divorced due to irreconcilable differences, which basically means that they can no longer get along. But somehow in 1993, they decide to reconcile those differences and they start to rekindle their relationship. Then all of a sudden we have another domestic violence call. And here's a little bit of that call for you right now. Emergency Can you get someone over here now to 325 Gretna Green? He's back. Please. Well, okay, what does he look like? He's O.J. Simpson. I think you know his record. Could you just send somebody over here? Okay, what is he doing there? He just drove up again. He just <laughs> drove up. Over. Okay, wait a minute. What kind of car is he in? He's in a white Bronco, but first of all, he broke the back door down to get in. Before. Okay, wait a minute. What's your name? Nicole Simpson. Okay, is he the sportscaster or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Thank what is, you. Wait a minute. We're sending the police. What is he doing? Is he threatening you? I'm going nuts. Okay. Has he threatened you in any way, or or is he just harassing you? You're gonna hear him in a minute. He's about to come in again. Okay. Just... Now, this call takes place in October of 1993. The reason or purpose behind the call was not really explained but oj seemed really upset about something that had happened and nicole warned the uh dispatcher that oj was about to come into the house as the call continues if you want to uh search that call yourselves as the call continues oj finally makes it into the house where he can inaudibly be heard saying some things but it's not really uh, made out as to what OJ is mentioning. Now we fast forward to June 12th, 1994. June 12th, 1994, OJ and his uh, assistant, Kato Kalen, is on their side of town getting ready to go to his daughter's recital as Nicole and her family are uh, preparing, preparing themselves to go to the recital. At 4 p.m., Nicole and her family makes it to the recital. O.J. makes it to the recital a little bit later on, and he sits uh, behind the Brown family. Inside, um, Nicole's sister explains in the in the case how O.J. seemed that day. Let me let, let me let you get a little bit of what she mentioned about O.J.'s behavior. On that day, was that was a recital held for your niece, Sydney? Yes, I was. And when he greeted you and your sister Dominique and your parents, what, what was his demeanor? 
He had a very far away look. It was, um, it was actually really kind of spooky. It was a frightening look. So did you turn around and look at him during the time that he was sitting behind you? Yeah, actually, I talked to him. Did he appear happy and cheerful? No, not at all. As you hear here, Nicole's sister is explaining how OJ was looking at everyone in their party, how he was staring at Nicole, how he was staring at her. And as she speak, spoke with him, he had this very demonic look upon his face. However, I'm showing you right now in the video of OJ leaving this recital and you see that OJ does not have the behavior that Nicole's sister said that he has. So as they're leaving the recital, Nicole and her family head to the restaurant in which Ron Goldman worked at. OJ expresses to Cato Caitlin that he does not like the fact that Nicole is wearing a dress that's very revealing. Also, the fact that he was not able to go with them to the restaurant. Um, once they're at the restaurant, they have their family gathering and then they decide to leave. OJ is on the other side of town with Cato Caitlin and he's having his own little things going on. At this moment, Nicole and the family leave the restaurant. Nicole's mother calls back at the restaurant to explain that her daughter had forgotten her shades. She then calls Nicole to tell Nicole to call back at the restaurant to find out where the shades were. Nicole calls back to the restaurant and she speaks with Ronald Goldman and another lady. At this moment, Ronald Goldman decides that he will uh, meet up with Nicole at her home to give her the shades. Now, where does Ron Goldman come into the picture with Nicole Brown? Nicole Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman met six weeks prior to this restaurant, uh, the restaurant that they went to and her having to eat at the restaurant where he was at. So they went back and forth, uh, having little friendly outings and different things of that nature. But according to history and according to different sources, they were never in a relationship. They just were really close friends. Um, Goldman actually uh, drove Nicole's car one time to uh, attend uh, a get-together get of his own. But nowhere does it say that they ever were in a relationship. However... The calls and the domestic violence incidents that took place with OJ would tell us that OJ was still strongly into Nicole. So anyone who probably would deal with her at the time would basically have to deal with him as well in his shenanigans. Okay, fast forward. Ronald Goldman finds Nicole's glasses. He decides to go home first and change his clothes. Then he goes to Nicole Brown Simpson, and he hands her the glasses. What takes place at this moment is depicted in a video. I'm not going to show that video because it's very graphic. It's depicted in a video. If you guys want to look that video up, it's depicted. Is a depict? Excuse me, guys. Getting tongue twisted. It's a depiction of the murder that took place that night, and what police think may have happened at this time due to the way that Ronald Goldman was found and due to the way that Nicole Brown Simpson was found. A lot of the different things take place from this moment. 
OJ is either automatically called after a neighbor's dog was barking and a loud well can be heard, which led another neighbor to the neighbor to the scene who had found Nicole and Ronald Simpson in their current state. The police reach out to OJ, who had already took a red eye to Chicago, but flew back to Los Angeles. As you see in this uh, video that I'm showing you, the police have OJ as they speak with him, and he's inside of handcuffs. He's not a suspect at this time. They're just questioning him and talking to him about some things, so they let him go. The next day, oh, this is about June 16th, don't quote me on that, they decide that OJ is their prime suspect and they need to bring him back in for questioning. However, OJ pulls this move here, as we all know is the legendary Bronco scene. Reportedly in the back seat of a Bronco with a gun to his head and you'd see people lining the overpasses, go OJ, go, that type of thing, homemade signs. Now, I didn't show much of that because inside of the Bronco, OJ at the time is on the phone with the police and his friend is in the front seat and he's telling that he's telling uh someone that he's gonna you know murder kill himself because of the way things are going um people may say that's an expression of guilt some people may just say he's stressed out and just was ready to commit suicide whichever one is the truth we will never know but i do know that oj was found innocent in this case and this story that i'm giving you is not to talk about oj's innocence or oj's guilt this is to talk about the lust the lies and the murder that surrounds nicole brown simpson now as you heard she met oj early on as a young woman and things spiraled out of control very quickly oj cheated on his current wife with nicole possibly that's not that's my opinion possibly if he was dealing with his wife still and met nicole at a young age while she was still pregnant that signifies that oj and his wife were still in a relationship there's your lust and your lies and then that fast forward that takes us a fast forward to whatever spiraled out of control whether it was jealousy whether it was rage or whether it was just OJ being OJ as caught in some people brings you to murder. Now to what I have to say to people who may be going through this situation or have situations like this going on right now currently, which is why I do these types of videos and I don't see these types of videos being done, is to help you understand what is happening in these situations, what may go wrong in these situations, and what you can do in order to not end up in a situation such as this if you are the abuser which means if you are oj and you can't stand to see your woman or your wife or your significant other dress in a certain way you may want to express that in a way that does not come off as you being so violent and if it does make you so mad to the point where you want to break through doors and you want to kick down doors or either take someone else's life you may need to seek intervention and speak with someone to control that anger. No one needs to be killed or no one needs to be uh, hurt brutally because you have a jealousy issue and you don't know how to control the jealousy which is raging inside of you due to these thoughts and these assumptions that have uh, taken over 
you being so calm and you being so relaxed. So what you have to do also, I would like you to reach out to this number. This is a national physical or psychological abuse hotline. These guys will speak with you about many different things or many different challenges you think you face and they will be there to help you. I'm gonna also put the National Suicide Helpline there in case you've come to a point where you think that it would be best for you to take out yourself or take out other people as well. If this has become a thought process for you, you may need to reach out to the National Suicide Helpline so they can help you as well as find someone you trust, find someone you understand, and find someone that you know will help you in a case in which you have become so out of touch that you think that death is the only way to go. Now, to the abusee. To the abusee, if you notice that this abuser has become extremely difficult to handle, you may want to start reaching out to some resources such as these two places, or you may want to file a restraining order. Once you file a restraining order, you may also want to let the police know to increase patrols in your neighborhood because sometimes when you file a restraining order, that's a green light for the abuser to come and try to cause more physical harm to you because they feel as though you have pushed them extremely away. These are the thoughts of most covert narcissists that you have taken away their power and it's for them to now come back and reinforce the power they feel like you've taken away. So you may want to explain to the police to increase patrols in your neighborhood so you don't have to worry about this. You may also want to move out for a little while, move in with a family member that you trust. Hopefully you have not destroyed any bridges with family members where you can go to someone and say, hey, can I stay with you for a little while? I just discontinued this relationship and this person is very violent and I think that they'll try to do something to harm me because I ended this relationship. This is men and women. I have a story for you next week or two weeks from now about uh, Steve McNair where he wanted to end a relationship with a woman. She believed he was uh, cheating on her and she decided to kill Steve McNair. This happens with women and it happens with men. So don't be ashamed, guys, to get a restraining order on a woman. And once you get that restraining order, she may act the same way as this male. And you may want to speak to the police. Don't feel embarrassed and let them know. Increase patrols. Can I, could you go stay with a family member or someone that will take you in in, this, in a case of this person showing up and causing any bodily harm um, or any damage to property? Hopefully this made sense to you guys. Hopefully this podcast today makes a lot of sense. Hopefully this short dissertation about lust, lies, and murder was enough to help someone out there decide that they're no longer going to be abused and they're no longer going to take any abuse and they're going to find a way out. And finding a way out starts with calling these two numbers. So guys, hopefully that makes sense. I want to thank you for taking the time here to listen to this podcast. If you're listening from the podcast, share the podcast. Bring, let this podcast touch ears of people you think may need to hear it. If you're listening here on YouTube, 
suggest liking this video and also clicking the notification bell on your way out so that you're aware when I make new videos and new uh, and come up with new incidents that you may not have heard before, which contain a lot of lust, which contains lots of lies, and which may end in a murderous situation. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to listen to Relationship Stuff 101 Podcast. I've been your host, Shahir Henderson, here on this July 9th, 2022. You guys have a great rest of your Saturday, a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next time. Peace out.